All right, ruining Kenshin Kyoto Inferno. Now this is the in chrono chronological order. This is the third film, but this one uh, was the second made uh, after Origins. This was the one that came out. Took like two years, and my guess is that the producers sit down and figure what went wrong on the first one and. They came up with this second one, and I was very, very pleased with this second film. If um, you should stop and by here, hi. <laughs> this is the third podcast that I do on Ruining Kenshin. I'm gonna try to leave a link for the first two, so you can go back and see what is it about. If you don't know what, who is Kenshin, and the whole samurai uh, X or Ruining Kenshin, whatever you want to call it. Um, story is it about and what I'm doing you can go back and listen if not thank you for stopping by and try and I really appreciate um, you staying here listening to me <laughs> all right so this second film what I like is that um, they they came up and they add scenes that in my point of view they were missing from the anime we they introduced the main villain Makoto Shishio in a way that it was mind-blowing to me in the anime Makoto Shishio is the main villain he is the assassin that took over when Kenshin decided well not decided they moved Kenshin in the Revolutionary War to do to fight the gun uh, along with the army and then Makoto Shishu was the one that do the killing he was doing the assassination of key figures and he know he knew so much secrets and so much stuff that this new government was doing um, that he was a threat for the government so they decided to shoot him and burn burn him and they left him over there thinking that he was dead and nope he survived his whole body was all burned and he's put some bandages and I thought it was a mommy but it's not a mommy it's I'm talking about the anime uh, but no he he's just man a lot of covers of not toilet paper but bandages sorry shouldn't said that um, they so is this that's the main villain of the anime they did it the same in the um, in this film they put some flashbacks about what happened they explain who Makoto Shishu is but in the anime the way that he, they introduce the character or when he shows up in the anime it's not doesn't have that impact like they did it in this film the, the live action is great I really enjoyed it I loved the music you really really felt it in the in the oranges they didn't have the music wasn't that powerful as they did in this film and what I'm saying about the adding missing scenes from the anime uh, Hajime Saito the police officer is always saying or, or explaining it um, in a way that uh, somebody from Shishu's uh, crew killed 50 of his best men and we actually get to see that scene on this film. We never see it in the in the anime. Well, although they put some flashback scenes also, but on this film it was had more 
meaning, more deep impact, especially on Hajime Saito that I was there and he saw his men dying. And I really, really enjoyed that. Other thing that they bring here is, um, well, they continue the whole character. How do you say it? Um, they continue to respect the characters. They give the characters their, their space. They tell you what is going on. They continue with Megumi. I believe the guy who played uh, Jahiko Change, if I'm not mistaken. Probably the other one grew up <laughs> and took two years. Uh, but they bring this kid and he did a great job uh, doing the, the, the uh, character of Jahiko. Kaoru was still great. Kenshin was amazing. Sanosuke, he was the one who steals the show. He wasn't too much in the film as I was expecting, but when he needed to fight or whenever he needed to put a, a funny moment, he did it and he did great. Now, they also brought back the um, the Shinsengumi, not the Shinsengumi, the Onibabanchu group. Now, this is one of the things that I was telling about the first film. I don't know why they did it the way they did it. They brought back um, the Onibabanchu and now they had a little more meaning, but not that solid meaning. They brought Aoshi Shinomori, who is the current leader. He became now a bad guy in search for Kenshin. He wants to fight Kenshin and show everybody that the Onibabanchu was the best group and his group is, he just wants to fight Kenshin for the meaning of showing that the Onibabanchu is better than everybody else. In the anime, the character is great, has a, little, a lot of more meaning, especially seeing his men giving their life for him. In this film, they did it, but not the way I was expecting. And in fact, uh, this is my guess, they just put Aoshi Shinomori just to please the fan base, baby. In the first film, he wasn't there like he was supposed to. Again, I mean, no, it's just two hours, two hours long movie. They want to do, they want to accomplish a lot. So they please everybody by bringing back Aoshi and explain what is going on with him. And yes, they did it very, very correctly. But I guess they should have picked up another actor because this actor that they hire, I don't know, he lacked on the emotion of, of showing some. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like the guy. Anyway, going continuing with the Onibabanchu, let's talk about Misao. Misao eventually is just going to be the new leader of the group after Aoshi gets all crazy and wants to fight Kenshin and kill him. Um, in the anime, Misao is like a little bit of comic relief, even though she is very, very important in the universe of, the, of this anime and the series. But in this film... I really enjoyed that they got her some great action scenes. She was this girl was all over the place, great fighters, great scenes that I was not expecting. And we continue with the old whole adding scenes missing from the anime where they when they are defending Kyoto, we get to see Misao fighting, we get to see Kaoru, Jahiko in action. Of course, we seen them in the anime doing something like that 
I'm pretty sure it's gonna be on the next film but in this film they give her their space and we get them to see fighting and it was awesome it was great um what I was saying about myself but yeah in the anime and of course she has some scenes in this film this live action that I don't know that She's in love with Aochi, and that's something that is gonna drive her crazy, I guess. <laughs> also, in the movie, uh, they brought also from Shishio his henchmen, the Yupon Katana or the Ten Swords, whatever you want to call them. I was very excited to see them, and of course, we got Sojiro. Sojiro is an important character in the in the group of Shishio. He ends up breaking Kenshin's, Kenshin's sword but here's the thing in the anime when Sojiro and Kenshin are going to fight that moment that he broke he breaks Kenshin's sword it was very uh, powerful emotional you were like oh my god Kenshin's sword what is gonna happen now and in this film bam it's just they he break his sword and that was it they jump to another scene and explain what happened with the sword and the other sword of course is a whole crack and can can be used but in the anime they explain it more deeper and explain what is what it happened what is going on in this film uh, there is a scene that they, they even make uh, look so you know like a fool like oh you don't know nothing <laughs> And that really upset me a little bit. Uh, so Jiro's fighting style is something that was pretty cool in the in the anime. Um, I believe they tried to do something here in the film, and again, maybe low budget or not too much time. So I was expecting a little, to see a little more about it. Maybe they will, we will see a little more in the next film. And of course, since Kenshin's sword breaks out, he needs to find a new sword. And he goes and see the master that the man that uh, built the sword, sword maker. And in fact, they do a little flashback scene the same way they did it in the anime. But I, what I really, really appreciate is that they, and I forgot to mention on the first film, on the beginning, is that they brought the same guy of the flashback of this uh, in this film. They put him again in the beginning, making a powerful killing sword. Is the same character, same actor. That was very nice to see. They brought him back. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, what else? Continuing adding scenes. Now in the anime, Kenshin, Saito, and Sanosuke, they go and they're gonna face off Shishio in this um, iron boat, which he's going to use to destroy um, Kyoto. And eventually Kenshin and Sanosuke destroy the ship. In this film, Kenshin go by himself and he fights the Yupongatana. And that was an amazing scene. I really enjoyed it. I was very excited. I was in my house, but if I was in the movie theater, I would probably be clapping and screaming like crazy. Like an otaku, right? <laughs> um, but here, they did not destroy the ship, so... The movie finished with me questioning, okay, so he used the ship to destroy Kyoto, or what happened? I guess we're gonna see it 
later in the in the next film whatever happens between the ship or the Sanosuke and Hajime Saito stop it I guess we are going to to see that talking about all the things missing from the film we talk about the Hiten Mitsuruji and every time Kenshin is going to use the Hiten Mitsuruji style he doesn't he doesn't say it and that's okay uh, I was very pleased at least with the music with the soundtrack <laughs> so when he goes to pick up the new sword he encounters uh, the I guess his his name is Sho I didn't write it down but I remember Sho is like a hunter for swords he's a collector he knows about swords and in the anime he has a little fight with Kenshin over the new sword that Kenshin wants and also Kenshin is trying to protect a baby that he kidnapped in this film in the live action film the fight is more more better I really enjoyed it but of course when Kenshin is going to blow out the last strike in the anime is pretty awesome in this film it was very quick I guess a little more slow motion scenes would have been better <laughs> but you know we can get all that we want but it was very good um, so what else I already talked about Misao she was great the boat scene fighting was great they recognized all the characters Megumi she wasn't too much in the film but whenever she was her character was solid she, she had a meaning of why she was going to be in that scene okay so that was pretty good um, Kaoru and Kenshin on this film I felt them um, a little cold uh, even though they before he goes to Kyoto he's depart and say goodbye to Kaoru the same way that he did in the anime but um, but I don't know I felt a little cold but, and of course they kidnap Kaoru and he goes after her like crazy that's a new scene that wasn't on the anime they they changed a little bit especially the ending of this film they changed a lot of things that were happening on the on the, on the anime this film Kyoto Inferno is like the ending of the first season and the beginning of the second season of the anime so again they did a, they implemented very very well and the thing that obsessed me is that between Kenshin and Kaoru because on the first film on Origins she says Okairin Asai which means welcome home to Kenshin and he, in fact he says Tadaima Tadaima is I'm, I'm home I'm back I'm here so I was expecting a little more a, really, a little better relationship between them which I didn't get to see but I guess we'll see it in the next film so yeah we're gonna watch it now and to the podcast and the ending of this film was unexpected if you have not seen it go ahead and see it or wait for the other podcast <laughs> all right bye <laughs>